Pastor Lereko is going to share the message. He is, before you even come up, give me a moment to, to just shout out a little bit. First and foremost, his wife is a current contestant in Mrs. South Africa. Let them know. She's amazing. You know, God can do the impossible when Lerego can marry so high. <laughs> when you're doubting him, just look at, just say, Lord, if you did it for Rex. <laughs> Though I'm a lowly man, you can do it for me. I know you can. <laughs> Lerego is one of the pioneers who, who's leading our service in the 12 o'clock. And he's a great man, great man of integrity, a great teacher of the word. Um, uh, he, he also leads our men's ministry. I've had the privilege of knowing him for over a decade now. Remember, we, we used to meet here in the cry room uh, way back in the days. Um, and it's such a privilege to have you come and share the word. Can we give Lerego a huge hub welcome to come share the word? Good evening, everybody. It is true, I am a walking testimony. And when I need a reminder of the goodness of God, I wake up in the morning and I roll over and I behold the glory. <laughs> and I know, Lord Jesus, despite the circumstances. Mm. <laughs> I, don't, I didn't know if I was allowed to bring my keyboardist with me. But, uh, but we'd be here for a while. So, so can, I ask, can I ask you to turn in your Bibles, please? And I hope you brought your Bibles uh, to church with you tonight. Um, we're going to read some scriptures. Please open your Bibles to the book of Colossians. And, uh, and, and we've been journeying um, with, with Colossians. And if, if you haven't been following the journey, I, I, I want to encourage you uh, to, to go back and listen to the podcast to really appreciate uh, the, the messages that you receive each week. You really have to hold them all together and get the full picture. And so uh, it, it's kind of warped uh, if, you, if you only uh, hear one message without appreciating the context. So make sure that you catch uh, the podcast. But we're in Colossians um, chapter 3. And as, you, as you're making your way there, uh, you know, the, the, the book of Colossians uh, was, written, was written by Paul um, in response to a work that God was doing in the uh, town of Colos. And, and he had received a word, or had received a report um, from one of his fellow laborers that, that God was doing something amazing, that the gospel seeds had been sown and they were budding. And he writes this letter because alongside the harvest, alongside the crop that was growing, the crop of the gospel that was bearing fruit, there were some weeds that had started to grow alongside this harvest that threatened the harvest. And, and so there were false teachings and deceptions that were being taught alongside the truth. Clever deceptions because some of them looked like the truth. And, 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 and they were deceiving people with things that sounded good, sounded like things that they had heard before, sounded like things that ought to be biblical. 
You know how sometimes we have to pull ourselves back and ask a little bit. Um, when, 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 when somebody says something like, you know, cleanliness is next to godliness. We've heard that so many times, we might even think it's in the Bible. God helps those who help themselves. Mm. Not in the Bible, folks. <laughs> it's not in the Bible. But it sounds good. It sounds popular. And so these are things that were being sown amongst them that sounded good, sounded popular, and people are starting to believe them. And so, and so Paul writes to address these things. And throughout the, the, the preceding chapters, there are various things um, that were addressed, various from mystery religions to legalism and et cetera. There, uh, there, there are a lot of things, the Gnosticism, um, that, that were addressed. And, and in this particular chapter, um, there's a theme that arises, and he starts to focus um, on, on a particular theme. And, uh, and, 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 the, and the particular thing um, that he was addressing is that of uh, syncretism. Syncretism. And what syncretism is, is, is a blending of belief and unbelief. What happens is you take belief and blend it with practices of unbelief until it becomes common in this community. And if we, if we were to take a few steps back and, um, and, and you know, next time you, you, you feel like watching some series, I want to encourage you to open your Bible to the first and second chronicles and watch, watch that. And, and I want to tell you, if you endured and you pressed through prison break, then, then you can make your way through first and second chronicles. Because if you can watch people break out of jail for how many seasons <laughs> and then break back in so that they can break out, you've got the stamina. God has been building the stamina up in you to work through first and second chronicles. Because it, 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 it tells the story of a nation that just could not separate themselves from customs that surrounded them and didn't know how to hold the word of God undistilled. So they were always tempted to take the word of God and then to look around and find other things that they could blend it with so that it made sense to them. And this brought the wrath and the judgment of God upon them. God hated it. He would hand them over to other nations, allow other nations to pillage them as a result, as the wrath of God was poured out on this nation, eventually allowing them to be carried away into captivity for good. And so this issue of syncretism is a prevailing issue. It's not a new issue. It's an issue that has been plaguing the body of Christ that has been plaguing the church, that has been plaguing the chosen people of God for time immemorial. Today we have different forms of it, how it evolves. And so I, um, I grew up uh, being taught uh, that it's good to read the Bible. Um, and we went to church every Sunday, whether we wanted to do or not. But... We also knew that it was important to dig a little hole in your yard and put some things in there that you got from God, somebody. 
to protect you in your neighborhood in case somebody was, you know, casting bad juju in your direction. We knew that it was good that when you go to the ocean, that you take a scuff tin, you take a bottle with you. <laughs> and, uh, and, you and, and it had to, have, had, to have, had to have a little bit of sand in it. I'm not sure why. And that was precious. If people knew that you were going on an outing to the ocean, they gave you bottles, Coke bottles, and, and you brought back water. And you'd, dip, you'd uh, pour some of this water into your drink, you'd pour it into your bath water, and it was supposed to dispel bad luck um, and, and hold back uh, bad spirits or cleanse you of bad spirits. We knew that there were, there, were, there were special ropes that we wore under our clothes. Some of you know what I'm talking about. I'm not going to ask if there are any ropes in the house tonight. And, the, and nobody was supposed to know that you had these special ropes because they had a special anointing, right? And, 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 and sometimes you had multiple ones and they clash with the other, you know, if I have three and you have one and we meet, my three overpower your one, you know? And the, <laughs> And you can't allow anybody to touch, to touch your ropes, because then they might just, you know, sap the power out. But we did all of these things, so we took our Bibles, and we walked to church, and we sang the songs, and, un- and we wore the uniform, but under the uniform, we had the ropes. Because we were taught a belief, but we were shown a practice. And so we mixed these things, trying to find God and, and, and the result was, was, was a mixed thing that was not rec- recognizable. And God hated it and hates it today. And so what I want to propose to you, because I know that some of you might be thinking, well, never had ropes, never had the cutting, remember the cutting? Never had that, uh, never took bottles to the ocean, etc., cetera, etc., cetera. But if you have a habit of keeping a plan B in your back pocket, you are in danger. And so I don't, I don't want to talk about all the various options that you could be facing, but this is an umbrella, an, an umbrella or a big picture that I'm giving you. If in your life you know that your faith is in God, but just in case God doesn't come through for you, there is a plan B. That could be an investment. It could be a policy. It could, it, whatever that thing is, that is not in and of itself bad, but because your faith is in it outside of God, it becomes syncretistic and not the faith that Jesus preached, not the gospel. That he preached. You see, Jesus preached a reckless abandon to God. Have we found our way to Colossians 3? I think I was just talking until we, somebody told me that we are there. If you'll allow me, I want to read to you. and I'm going to read the whole chapter to you. And please follow with me in your Bibles. If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ is 
sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. For you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Therefore, put to death your members which are on the earth, fornication, uncleanness, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. Because of these things, the wrath of God is coming upon the sons of disobedience, in which you yourselves once walked when you lived in them. But now you yourselves are to put off these anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language out of your mouth. Do not lie to one another since you have put off the old man with his deeds and have put on the new man who is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him, where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcised nor uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, nor free, but Christ is all and in all. Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another, and forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against, a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you also must do. But above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which also you were called in one body. And be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Wives, submit to your own husbands as is fitting in the Lord. Husbands, love your wives and do not be bitter toward them. Children, obey your parents in all things, for this is well-pleasing to the Lord. Fathers, do not provoke your children, lest they become discouraged. Bond servants, obey in all, obey all things your masters according to the flesh, not with eye service as men pleases, but in sincerity of heart, fearing God. And whatever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not to men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of the inheritance, for you serve the Lord Christ. But he who does wrong will be repaid for what he has done. There is no partiality. Amen. I love the Word of God, and I hope that as I read, as we read the Word of God, that it ministers to you. My, my faith, my prayer, is that it is the Word of God, um, and, and, not, and, not, and not me, that would be impactful to you. And so, if we look at this message that Paul is speaking to this community, there, there are some key words that I want us to pick up. You see, I'm going to leave you with a, with a principle, profound principle for unpacking and going deep in the Word of God. And the Lord dropped this in my heart in a time of deep intimacy with Him. After much praying and fasting, Lord, how do I unpack your word? He gave me this powerful biblical principle of logic. <laughs> and so I want to use a bit of logic. 
So if we can go to, the, to, to that uh, first slide. He, sa- he says this. He, this is how he starts. If then you were raised with Christ. Now, here's my logic. If then, that tells me that if I start reading at this point, there's an entire context that I've just missed out on, right? So if I walk into a conversation, two people are having a conversation, and I walk into the middle of it, I'm ill-equipped to add value because I've missed the context. And that's why, that's why we're saying, go back and listen to the podcasts. Read the book of Colossians, chapters 1, 2, up until 3 and 4, in fact, just to get the proper picture. So he says, if then, this is the link word, if then you were raised. So one, there's a context. We just had an entire discussion. But now I'm shifting gears and I'm talking to specific people. But who am I talking to? Those who were raised with Christ. So the message that I'm carrying tonight is a message for those who identify with the resurrection of Christ. And I hope I'm in good company tonight. He says to him, if you were raised with Christ, you identify with the resurrection, seek those things which are above. Where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God, set your mind on things above. Say that with me. Set your mind on things above. He goes on, he says, not on the things on the earth. I'm, I'm telling you now how to calibrate yourself as a believer. As one who identifies with the resurrection, he says, if that is you, then set your mind on what is above and not what is on the earth. For you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. And you see, if we're going to get this right, if we're going to get it right to set our minds on things above, to calibrate ourselves according to what is heavenly, we're going to have to find the true north. We're going to have to find the right compass point. And that means that we're going to have to find the truth and live by that truth. And so Paul continues to unpack. And he says, there are certain truths that are evident in this scripture that I want you to live by. And we can roll over. Anytime. (laughs) There are certain truths that I want you to live by. Mike, when you catch up with me, brother, I'll be, I'll be, I'll be warm already. I'll, I'll be warm. I'm, I feel like I'm getting warm. <laughs> Here, a, 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 you, you were good. You were good. You had it. First thing he says, you were raised with Christ. Truth one, you were raised with Christ. If you are raised with Christ, this tells me one thing. That you overcame death because Jesus overcame death. And if you were raised with Christ, then death is defeated in your perspective. You cannot any longer be intimidated by death. Death 
no longer has the sting that it used to for you. You may experience it. I don't know when Jesus is going to come, but, but you may experience it. But death will not do for you what it used to do. See, before death was a separation. But identifying with Christ means that for me, death is an entrance into depth of intimacy. And so it no longer achieves separation. It achieves intimacy and closeness with God. Second thing he says is that you died and your life is hidden in him. There's two things I want to draw out of that. Firstly is that you died. You're, you died. You, you are dead to this world. You are dead to the values, to the systems of this world. That means you cannot be motivated by the values, by the motivators of this world. You are motivated by something higher. Second thing is that he says, your life is hidden in him. That tells me that I have security or the security of knowing that my, my eternity is secure. There is nothing that can happen right now that can remove that security. My security is in Christ. My life is hidden in him. I cannot lose my life. I can't lose my life. My life is hidden in Christ. So if you're going to threaten me, you have to, you have to get creative. Because if all you have is the threat of death, I have news for you. I, I was raised with Christ. I overcame death. My life is hidden in him. Third thing is that Christ will appear again. This tells me how I ought to live. If Christ will appear again, there is hope for my circumstances. See, I don't care what, what situation you find yourself in. It may be dark. It may be difficult. But when you live according to the revelation that Christ will appear again, you know there is hope enough to carry on. When there is fear and temptation that threatens to sever you in, the, in your relationship with Christ, you have this as a hope and as a warning. Christ will appear again. The wrath of God is coming. This is something... Something that he speaks about in verse 6. The wrath of God is coming on the sons of disobedience. And so elsewhere in Scripture, we, we know uh, that the Bible teaches us that the God cannot be fooled. That that which a man sows, that will he reap. Live a life that does not become a target for the wrath of God. You cannot fool God. You know, let me tell you why I say that. Sometimes when I talk to people and I share the gospel with them, one of the things that comes out is, look, I, I believe in God. I believe in eternity. I believe in hell. I know the life I'm living right now is wrong, but I'm young. And I have energy and I have desires. So what, what I, what I'm, my plan is when I get old or just as I'm about to die, I don't know why death looks like this. But <laughs> <laughs> At that moment, I'm going to repent. 
and then I'm in. God can't be fooled. He says, you are a new creation. And that tells me that nobody can judge you according to what you used to be. Nobody, not the devil, not the critics, not anybody can hold up to you what you used to be. We can roll over. Uh, thanks, Mike. When Paul says, set your mind on things above, what that denotes, what that tells me is that there are things below. Remember I told you logic. I'm empowering you right now. There are things below. And when we set our minds on the things below, there is evidence in our lives of the fact that we, are, we have set our minds and have attached ourselves to the things below. So in verse 5, Paul says, Therefore put to death your members which are on the earth, which are below. He says, here are the things. Here are the indicators. Fornication, if there, if there is a trend of, of sexual promiscuity in your life, uncleanness, the things that you open yourself up to, if all your inputs are unclean, passions that take you away from the will of God, if there are evil desires and malicious thinking in your heart, covetousness, he says, if there is greed, which is idolatry, these are markers. Why is that idolatry, I asked? Because when there is greed in my heart and covetous, covetousness in my heart, and I am driven by comparison and lust and desire of what the other person have, has over what I have, that is where I put my devotion into as opposed to God. And so you set your mind on what is above. Setting your mind on what is above is a habit that you develop. It's an intentional practice that you partner with. Does God renew you? Yes, but you are a partner in that renewal. So I have to show up and I have to go, okay, here's what Paul said, and have put on the new man who is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him. My knowledge, the very things that I know, the very things that I base perspective on are renewed. And so the other day, I got pulled over by, by a policeman. And it was a routine, routine stop. Um, and and he, of course, he asks me for my license. And I, and I, pull, and I pull out my license. Um, and he takes it and he has a look and he walks around the car and he's, he's doing the routine checks. Comes back to me. And, uh, and he says, brother, uh, we've got a problem. This, this license is expired. In, in fact, it's, it's not days, it's not weeks, it's years. <laughs> so <laughs> I can't even let you off with the warning here. And I'm going, oh, I'd forgotten that I had my old license in, in my wallet. So I pull out my current license and I hand it over. And, uh, and we're both relieved he, uh, he, he signs some stuff. And, and, I, and I drive off. Whew. 
But here's what the policeman was saying to me in that moment as I was reflecting. He said to me, he was saying to me, you presented to me, <laughs> you're not ready for this. I don't, I don't want to come here. I, 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 think, I think there's faith, there's, there's faith over here. There's faith over here. You presented to me who you used to be. He said to me, I cannot accept who you used to be. I cannot recognize who you used to be. And in fact, if you persist in presenting who you used to be, I'm going to have to penalize you. And so I had to produce a current form of identification. And I had to say, hey, well, actually, that, are you, that used to be me. That, this is who I am. This is who I am. Each and every day, each and every day, the enemy will try and pull you over. Just to check which license you have with you today. But because we know the truth, we've angled ourselves according to the truth, we can say, not today, sir, not today, devil. This is my identity in Christ. Yes, I know what I used to do. That's not me any longer. Yes, I know the sin that I committed yesterday. It defines me no longer. This is the habit that we have to cultivate in setting our minds on what is above. And by, by the way, let me say this. Why am I hopping on setting, setting, setting our minds on the, on the things above and renewal, etc.? It's because we could, we could do a whole study of all the things that threaten you, right? All the syncretistic, syncretistic things and all the, all the false truths and the fake news, etc. We could, we could do a whole study of that. But if you just know the truth and you know the truth well, you'll recognize very quickly when deception comes your way. And so there, there, is, there is context for how we live out these truths. And the question is, what do we leave behind in light of these truths? And what do we attain to in light of this truth? And so Paul presented within three contexts of how we live out and we, 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 we set our minds. The first context that he talks about is spiritual family. It says, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another and forgiving one another. If you are not in spiritual family, if you are not in community, you never have an opportunity to work on your mercy and your kindness and your humility and your suffering, long-suffering. And you never have an opportunity to learn how to forgive well. If there's one thing that community will do for you, is teach you how to forgive well. I'm sure that you have been in this community long enough to have received some offense. If you haven't, stick around. <laughs> you will have an opportunity soon enough to forgive. That's why it's important for us to be in this community of spiritual family. That's why it's important to be, for us to be in smaller pockets of spiritual community that we call connect groups. 
Because it's in this space that we get to be challenged to grow, to learn to forgive, to learn to exercise these amazing fruits that Paul is talking about that happen when we set our minds on the things above. The second context that he talks about is how to live it out in natural family. So he's saying, if you have moved away from the deception and you have started to embrace what is true, then there is evidence that needs to present itself in your home. It doesn't help that everybody else thinks you're awesome, but when you get home, nobody's happy that you've arrived. And so he says, wives, in your homes, submit to your husbands. This is evidence that you are living out the truths and that you have set your mind on things above. Husbands, love your wives and do not be bitter towards them. This is evidence that you have set your mind on what is above. Children, obey your parents in all things, for this is well-pleasing to God. Fathers, do not provoke your children. Don't discourage them. The way you relate with your family is evidence that you have set your mind on what is above. There's a last context that Paul talks about, and that's you. See, you can relate in a, in, in a spiritual family setting. You can relate in a corporate gathering. And one could even suggest that it's easier to relate in a corporate gathering. There's lots of space to hide. Lots of space to pretend. But when you go back home and you go to your family, your family know you well. And so your family know when you're being a hypocrite. And they'll call you out. And if you find a place to hide in there, if you find a way to deceive even them, then God is bringing it all the way back to you. Because when you stand before God, you can fool nobody. You can fool us all. You cannot fool yourself when you stand before God. And so he says this, and whatever you do, I've spoken about this, the bigger family, spoken about your household. Now, whatever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not to men. Are you still doing things for the praise of men? Is your motivation still to be recognized, promoted, Applauded. He says, do things as unto God, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of the inheritance. So if you endure, if you do the work, and you set the right values in your life, and you do things for the right reasons, you are the beneficiary. For you serve the Lord Christ. We, as a family, serve the Lord Christ. As units and households and, 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 and friendship circles and connect groups, we serve the Lord Christ. But at the end of it all, when Jesus does reappear again and we stand before Him, it is you who will stand before Him. I will stand before him, but you won't be with me. You serve the Lord Christ. And if you have worked these things out in your life, 
then you if you've worked these things out in your life you're setting yourself up for an awesome eternity when when Paul is talking about setting your minds on things above it's not a intellectual exercise it's it's how I position myself in light of eternity. It's my values, my thoughts, my words, my actions, my reactions, my responses to people in situations and difficult times from the perspective of eternity. Can we rise together? I, I know that there are many of you who need to fall before the Lord and repent because I know that I needed to do so even as I was processing this message. Because there are many things that we've taken on that are plan Bs, that are alternatives. I believe, but just in case. And we need to lay these things down before the Lord. And if you're committing to do so, and to live a life that is recklessly abandoned to Jesus Christ, then I want to encourage you just to raise your arms up, your hands up to heaven. Not for me, but just a faith action towards God. And allow Him to do work between the two of you. So Father, I ask that you would look upon these who are your children who identify with your death and with your resurrection. I want to stand with them in repentance of the things that we have carried that have been alternatives to you, alternatives to your provision. And I want to stand with them as they declare and as they commit to laying these things down and to living a life that is abandoned and committed to you to living a life that is fully dependent on you, to pulling back the faith that they deposited into something else and to deposit that faith into you. I ask for the grace to live lives that truly reflect the genuine gospel. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.